Welcome to the Beef Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to be discussing an article from the February issue of the Beef Watch newsletter that also appeared in the In the Cattle Markets newsletter on January 18th. The title of the article is Feedlots Towards Estimated National Herd Contraction. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by the author, Dr. Elliot Dennis, who's a livestock marketing and risk management economist at the University of Nebraska. Thanks for joining me today. Yep, thanks for having me, Aaron. Dr. Dennis, as we look at cattle cycles and what's going on with cattle numbers, the trend seems to be that we're seeing cow herds decrease in terms of numbers in the United States. Uh, that's going to have an impact on the cow-calf sector providing less calves to the feeder sector at some point. In this article, you highlight some of the trends you see there, some of the numbers that would indicate that. Give us some perspective on where the cow herd is currently, the trends you see, and what might be the impacts of that as we look towards feed yards and eventually the harvest of those cattle over the next couple of years. Yeah, all great questions. And it's something that we really anticipate coming into this January report the cattle inventory report. This gives us really our first snapshot of the previous year in perspective and gives us a, something to look forward to in, in the coming months. And really what we were tracking all of last year was beef cow harvest. And there was pretty accelerated beef cow harvest, more than I think a lot of e uh, economists and industry observers were expecting. And, and that was primarily driven through some atypical seasonal patterns uh, and the, the coal cow cutout, that coal cow cutout, right? A lot of that goes to ground beef and that, that demand for ground beef was still really high. Plus you had Australia and New Zealand and, and Brazil starting to re, uh, rebuild their herds. And so we just had a really high, you know, pinch on supplies. And so a lot of people were taking advantage of those higher prices and harvesting so much that we were up about 10% harvest throughout the entire year. And really what that ended up doing is translating that to all the numbers. Uh, we were down about 2.5% in total beef cows. So this gives us the first look at what the current feeder cattle outside of uh, feedlots are going to be doing. Uh, and, and really the next number that we really look at is the heifers held back for replacements. When you look at heifers held back from replacements, interesting numbers in terms of the percent of heifers on feed in relationship to steers. You've been tracking that or at least sharing the information from that. How has that changed over the last few years? How does it look compared to historical trends? Yeah. So if you were to match up the heifers on feed as a percentage of total of cattle on feed, what you'd really see is that it really mirrors the, uh, the cattle cycle. When prices are really high, we see lower heifers on feed. And then when prices start to bottom or kind of drop, we start to see that number start to rise. And, and so we watch that numbers because this gives us not this year's cow herd, but the following year's cow herd, assuming that these are going to be uh, first calving heifers. And so the cattle inventory gives us kind of this report of heifers that have yet to calve and heifers that uh, will be calving this year. And that's a, those are two really important um, numbers that we look at because that tells us really gives us our first indication of what the beef cow herd or the total feeder cattle supplies that will be in 2023. And when we start to see both heavy contraction and the beef cow herd and 
uh, are reduced numbers have held back for feed. Uh, we, we get really strong signals that the uh, contraction is, is happening. And, and that's what we actually found uh, this year. Uh, beef heifers held back for replacement was uh, down about 3.3%. And that, to put that in perspective, that's the fewest replacement heifers held back since January 2014. So if we all, we kind of go back to, you know, what was happening and what was the result of, of those reduced cow herd and also the reduced number of heifers on feed, that, that translated to pretty elevated prices for both cow-calf producers and feedlot operators. In particular, I think um, these numbers give some sort of indication of what prices are probably going to look like going into the summer and fall of 2022. Of course, the wild card in all of this is drought conditions. We're continuing to see dry conditions really west of the Missouri-Mississippi River. Quite a few dry conditions, Texas, Oklahoma, the droughts expanding. And so as we think about cow herd rebuilding, and we also think about current feed prices, uh, corn prices north of $6 right now, how do you think that also shapes what we may see with cow inventories? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I think... Whoever has an answer I, I want to talk to, I'll give you some of my thoughts on uh, of kind of where I think the market is going to go. I think there, this, we're going to continue to see herd contraction, even though prices are going to be elevated. But I think we're going to see herd contraction, not because producers don't want to hold back and start retaining, but because they're just financially not viable to do so. And I think that's just because the pricing and inputs is going to outpace the the increase in the feeder cattle price. Really, and, and the drought is definitely gonna accelerate placements into feedlots. And so that's kind of where I see, I see pretty robust prices in this uh, summer and spring for uh, five, six weights and also seven, eight weights. But I think there's gonna be some difficulty, especially as we try to get working through the drought. And the drought is gonna be really important because that's gonna push animals sooner into the feedlot cause people to feed more, but with elevated feed prices, people aren't going to do that. They're going to see a lot of lighter cattle place this year. So put that all together. I think people are going to want to retain, but it's just not going to be financially viable. So we'll continue to see contraction throughout this year. As I think about cattle going to harvest and we think about current grain prices, historically, I think we would say that oftentimes when grain prices are very high, we see cattle marketed at lighter weights and also cattle that are placed at lighter weights often tend to come out lighter. What's your perspective on that as we look at the current scenario? I think there's going to be incentives to feed cattle longer. And I think that has to do with the corn, the, the cattle crush. Uh, and the cattle crush is really a combination of the corn price, the feeder cattle price, and then the live cattle price. And so when, that's the number that we, you know, if we're trying to figure out an indicator of how long cattle are going to be on feed for, really, that's the probably their strongest. And most of the time, there is some kind of confounding between uh, cattle weights at harvest and, and genetics. And so sometimes they can just kind of just really just peter out at the end. But really, when we start seeing light placements and light carcasses are are primarily in um, Southern Plains feeder cattle, which tend to have a different mix of genetics that allow them to withstand heat, but they just don't fill out as, as well 
So that's what I'm going to be looking for when I'm looking at cattle weights, which ultimately the reason why we care about that is because total harvested head times weight harvested gives us beef production. And beef production is really what goes through to this through the system to consumers. And so that that's what I'm going to be watching the cattle crush to see what those incentives are. Anything else on this topic that you think would be valuable for producers to think about and, and to kind of maybe be thinking about from a management perspective, any trigger points or things, maybe places of action that you would consider producers to think through in light of current market conditions? This past year, Jay Parsons, who's another faculty member in Ag Econ and myself, were talking about the drought conditions with producers as we were out giving meetings. And one of the things, some of the research that had been published out of Wyoming that showed kind of the profit maximizing decision in a drought scenario. And really that decision really rested on uh, how long we think the drought is going to last. And that decision point was, if you think that drought is going to be lasting two years or less, then the optimal decision was to feed hay. But if you thought that it was going to last three years or longer, then the optimal profit maximizing decision was going to be to liquidate some of your cow herd. I think now that we're going to year three, it will be interesting to see kind of some of those decisions take place again. And especially if we are trying to hold on to animals and put more expensive feed into them, I think we're going to see, be seeing uh, people kind of call uncle a little bit and, and liquidate cow herds, especially if that drought starts hitting early, which it, which it kind of seems like it will be. Dr. Dennis, I also have to wonder if average age of producers and also the inflation and in inputs that you uh, referenced earlier, isn't going to apply some pressure there as well. Yeah, absolutely. I'd agree. Um, no, we started to hear those uh, conversations happen more in North Dakota, where we had extreme uh, herd liquidation. Um, and what I've heard from other people is that it's just, you know, some people just saying, you know, I, I'm, I'm just getting out of the business. I think in Nebraska, we, we haven't experienced that as much, but that's more of just a gut feel. But when we have high prices uh, on inputs and inflation, and we're not really sure what the you know fiscal policy is going to be to manage that, that can that can make us to at least incentivize us to make some decisions that we, we might not have thought about before. I think the other thing that from a fiscal policy you mentioned is also tax implications of liquidating a cow herd now or in the future, I think some of those things, capital gains, some of those things may be influencing some decision-making as well. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, and as, as we should all know, if we start to make those decisions, getting in contact with the people that can help us make those proper decisions, especially if it's for, like you said, tax management. Well, thanks again for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Aaron. Well, for more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. Again, the title of the article we were discussing today, Feedlots Towards Estimated National Herd Contraction.